Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Questo suono dal Sud America. Fino giù in Senegal. Profumo d'Africa. Nella Nuova Guinea. La sentirai in Albania. Che assomiglia a casa mia. Riparte dal Belgio. Arriva in Croazia, Slovacchia, Polonia e Romania. Hello and welcome to the first episode of our new series, the Forza Napoli Worldwide Series. Before I introduce today's guest, let me tell you a little bit about this series, especially for those who don't follow us on Twitter. As the name suggests, Forza Napoli Worldwide is all about Napoli Tifosi, and it's really intended to give fans a platform to voice their opinions. If you listen to our regular podcast, you're only getting my perspective, but I'm just one person. I interact with Napoli fans all over the world. And suffice to say, as a fan base, we have a very diverse set of opinions, which is actually a good thing. My role in this series is going to be the moderator. And depending on the guest, I may play a little bit of Davos Advocate. Uh, We've had a lot of listeners suggest bringing on guests to break it up a bit. Truth be told, the reason why I don't have a regular co-host is because I usually record at really odd times, often in the middle of the night. So scheduling is a bit of a challenge for me. But this series also evolved out of a request that I received from a fellow Napoli supporter to come on the pod. So it's only right that he be the first guest for the new series. So without further ado, our first guest is someone I'm happy to become friends with through Napoli Twitter. He lives in New Jersey in the United States. If you listen to the podcast regular, you know I'm from Toronto, Canada. So we're not venturing too far away from home for this episode. He also happens to have a sweet ride if you're into cars. Gaetano <laughs> Solazzo, welcome to Forza Napoli. Uh, thank you so much, Joe. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Looking forward That's to it. it. It's my pleasure. I'm looking forward to chatting with you. So there's a lot I actually want to chat to you about. Um, you know, we're recording this on Thursday night, so we definitely need to talk about the Supercoppa Italiana against Juventus yesterday. Um, yep. We also <laughs> we also happen to be one game before the midway point of the season. That the game against Hellas Verona will be our final match of the first round, of which has absolutely flown by. Uh, so we're going to chat about that as well. 
Uh, but first, before we get to the culture, I want to talk about you a little bit and, and sure. tell us your story about how you became a Napoli fan. Well, um, I, I think my story is going to be a little bit different than, than maybe others that you'll talk to. But um, I was born, I was actually born in Napoli. Um, I moved to the States when I was 10. Uh, my, my parents decided to, uh, to make the jump over. Uh, we had family here for a long time. So, you know, being born there and actually... My house was about five minutes walking distance from the San Paolo. Wow. Um, so, yeah, um, not much of a choice. <laughs> not <laughs> yeah. much of a choice when, uh, you know, I was born in 85. So uh, I vaguely remember the uh, the Maradona days. Um, but, you know, when you hear that, the roar of the crowd on Sundays, uh, even, you know, when you couldn't go to the games and, and driving by the stadiums and, and the stadium. And uh, it's just in your blood. It's in your soul. Uh, the city is uh, the city and the club are one and the same. Um, yeah. it's in the streets, it's in the air, it's, it, the, the team is everything, uh, the team is everything for the city, uh, it's all we talk about, it's all we care about, uh, Sundays, you know, it's our religion, um, yeah, yeah. So that's just, that was just part of my life. If, if I can ask, what, what made your, your parents make the decision to move? So my, uh, my mother's side of the family, um, uh, came to the United States about 30 years before even we came, um, right. and they had started a life here, they had, uh, you know, um, a whole new life, a whole new perspective. And my mom was the only one who stayed back. And even to this day, I ask her, and she doesn't even really know why. Um, <laughs> uh, but then my dad, my uncle here in the United States opened a, uh, a bakery. Uh, okay. and my dad uh, kind of saw the opportunity to, to give my sister and I, you know, a better better chance of the future. You know, unfortunately, uh, in Italy, especially in Naples, you know, the job prospects for young people aren't, aren't the greatest. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they made the hard decision. And. You know, here we are, shoot, 25, 25 years later now, uh, you know, two kids of my own, a family, and, you know, connecting to, uh, to, to Napoli supporters via, via Twitter as well, which has been, has been really, really cool lately. Yeah, no, it is. It, it seems like you go back pretty regularly, though, right? Yeah, so in the summers, uh, we try to go back. Obviously, with COVID, it didn't happen last year. Yeah. Um, but we try to go back, you know, if not every summer, every other summer. Um, you know, stay at my aunt's house, my old grandfather's house. So uh, um, that part is easy. Uh, it's getting the kids on a flight. That's a little bit difficult. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I guess in the summer, the unfortunate thing is there's, there's probably not too many games going on. That, uh... No, no. Yeah, the last game I was at, uh, the last time I was at, at a game, it was, uh, man, uh, I think 10 years ago. Right. Was, uh, Napoli Palermo, uh, one nothing win, uh, Maggio's goal. It was at the end. I think it was in extra time. Uh, yeah. I was in a Curva B. It was crazy. Uh, but yeah, because wow. then every time I go, it's in the summer. So yeah. actually, yeah. I got a chance to go because uh, we went uh, after we went on our honeymoon. Um, it was in September, so we got to you know I got to go to a couple games. Start of the season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's really really cool. I I think it's cool because you're from there and and uh, you're American as well. So you kind of uh, got both sides of the picture because. A lot of the people I interact with on, on Twitter are, are mostly from North America. Um, we are going to be bringing on a bunch of fans from all over the world uh, that we've we've kind of been uh, coordinating with. But uh, that's a very cool perspective because you've, you've kind of lived in, on both sides. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, I'll be honest, the uh, the passion of people that even have never even might not have ever gone to a game or uh, been to Napoli, it's, it's the same. I've been very like it's. I've been very surprised by how passionate people are about our club and 
it's really really nice because um ever since i left you know you missed that connection of people you know really caring about it and now to have this platform to kind of discuss things and, and even bend uh <laughs> it's been really nice it's been really nice well, i have a feeling a lot of these episodes are going to be most of the people that reached out when i posted the uh the <laughs> on twitter was uh, oh i i have something i gotta say <laughs> which is so that's a good segue then let's let's talk about yesterday's game since we're we're chatting about venting sure. before we talk about the game itself though i, I want to know how you felt heading into the game. And, and the reason I ask is because I'm probably in the minority of people that, not that I didn't want to win. Of course I wanted to win the game, but but my position was I didn't want to risk injuring players. So when I, I posted my predicted 11, I, I had Stanislav Lobotka starting over Diego Demme, and I had uh, Matteo Politano starting over uh, Chucky Lozano. That didn't end up happening. And, and the reason I... I predicted that if if you can call it that is because I didn't want to see those guys get hurt with sure. with how much they've been playing and a lot of the reaction I got to that was that you're crazy these guys have to start they must start so so what were your thoughts and and most of the people that took that view are saying that because this is a cup and we don't win cups that often so if we have an opportunity to win one we have to go for it whereas my view of the supercopa again which I'm going to get it berated for is that it's, it's a one game tournament i know it's against our biggest rival and sure. i know it's the cup um but i don't i don't think i value it as much as most napoli fans do so so what's your thoughts on that well i was i'm i'm a naturally uh pessimistic fan i always think the worst going into games <laughs> okay but for, for some reason um going into yesterday's game i was very optimistic of uh how we were going to play and, and, the res- and i thought we were going to get the result i'll be honest with you uh, mm-hmm. You know, obviously we played really well against Fiorentina uh, at the weekend, and, and Juventus has not. You know, had, they're not the same Juventus side that have been mm-hmm. you know, probably for the last decade. Uh, so I was optimistic going into the game, and uh, and as you mentioned, you know, Supercoppa is is a one is a one off game. Um, trophy is a trophy, but I think the fact that we play Juventus uh, for us always brings that next level of intensity uh, as fans. Um, so yeah, going into the game, I really I really felt good about it, and. It didn't turn out, you know, we didn't play the way I thought we were going to play at all. And mm-hmm. we can get into it uh, as we go along here. But uh, I was disappointed. You know, I think it was a very, very disappointing performance. Yeah. Um, so, so, let's actually, so let's get into that. Um, I think what, what most people seem to be disappointed about the most was just the general approach. Uh, it was a, a very conservative approach, it seemed. Um, we didn't really go after it. Um, what did you think of the approach? Yeah, I mean, uh, I I, uh, I labeled us as uh, as timid and slow. That's that's yeah. kind of what I thought our performance was. Um, yeah. Right out of the gate, uh, the first five ten minutes, we couldn't string even two three passes together. Yep. Uh, sat back, um, and I don't think we ever got into the flow of the game. Um, you know, the buildup was slow, mm-hmm. uh, predictable as always. Um, and, and we created a couple of chances, but not much, you know, we, we had the head, uh, the Chucky header in the first half, which, yeah. you know, Chesney made a miraculous save on. And then the second half, the second half, you know, that we had that, ch- that shot from Chucky that got deflected. And again, Chesney got a foot on it. Uh, but besides that in the penalty, I don't, you know, unless I'm missing something. I don't think no, you're, you're much. spot on. You're spot yeah, on. I don't think we created much more than that. You know, uh, we were good in the. You know, we were good at the back. I thought we were compact. We were solid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
you know, not much going forward at all. Very timid and very slow. Yeah, I agree. I, I think you can maybe say there was about a 10, 15 minute period in the first half where yes. that's when we had that Lozano header. Yeah. Yep, I think that from the 25th to about the 37th, and then we went right Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And then uh, Juve started pressing again. Yeah. And it, what, what stood out to me, though, was that as, as timid as we were in the first half, it seemed to me like we were even more timid or sat back even more in the second half. And yeah. I, I couldn't help but wonder if, if Gattuso's strategy was actually to play for penalty kicks um, because we could – or either that. I mean, you do have to give – Juve credit to it. I can't just put it all on Napoli. Um, obviously, they were the the far more positive side. But did you get that sense that that we were playing for penalties? Uh, yeah, it was very. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it was a passive performance. You know, I don't know if uh, if he was playing for penalties, but I think he was definitely playing not to lose instead of to win. Right. Right. Um, which uh, unfortunately that's been the case um, a little bit too much this season. Um, and for a coach uh, whose personality is very fiery, obviously, right? Somebody always preaches uh, Grinta and Katsima, right? Yeah. Um, we've had w- way too many performances where we just don't see that on the field. Uh, we sit back, we try to play counter, and, you know, with Aussie men out, the only the only guy that's really a counter player is, is Truki, um, you know, in my opinion. Yeah, no, you're right. And, and that was the – when I was thinking about the predicted 11 – and putting Politano in instead of Lozano, that was the one reservation I had um, because one of my three keys to the match was that we needed to to go after that aging back line. Sure. Um, we saw how they struggled against uh, Inter, and so uh, that was definitely an argument for starting Lozano because of his pace. Um, and, and all things considered, he actually still had a decent game. He's been the one guy that's been consistent. I mean, at least he had a couple of chances. No one really... Stood out. I thought Koulibaly was a beast at the back. Yeah, like I mean, yeah. When he's on his own, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen, you know, you got a guy like you got a guy like Chuki. We're, we're not playing any two balls, no long balls. We're, you know, we're trying to play. We're still trying to play this one-two touch game with, honestly, guys in the midfield that they're probably not suited for it. And again, we can get into something like that later if you like. Yeah. But um, I just thought your approach was wrong, and I, you know, obviously. Um, I'm not a big fan of, of the formation that we play. Um, just the overall uh, idea of play, I don't, I'm not in love with. Um, yeah, so let's talk about here. that. I was I definitely wanted to get your thoughts on the formation as well. That's yeah. another another topic that's been debated quite a bit amongst us, uh, not yes. on, on Twitter and in our chat groups and whatnot. Um, a lot of people are are criticizing Gattuso for sticking for the four two three one without Osman in the squad, um, and and how that's impacted Fabian, who obviously he wasn't available because of COVID, sure. but a lot of people are saying that um, his play has suffered as a result of this formation. Uh, would you have preferred to see a 4-3-3, not even just in this game, but in, in the last little stretch? Yeah, so, I mean, you make a great point. Um, we're, you know, we're playing with a, with a two-midfield system um, where we are constantly being overrun in the middle of the park. Every game, mm-hmm. uh, we're being outnumbered. If either uh, Deme or Baca went up to try to make a run, then all they had to do is make two, three passes. Boom, we're cut open, and you know they're 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 in a dangerous position now. And that yeah. happens if we you know if we look back at the season, that's probably why we've lost points along the way against smaller sides because once we're, we're we leave ourselves vulnerable a little bit, there's no coverage in the back. And yeah. with the two men midfield, you know, like I said, if a guy or even both of them go up. There's, there's nothing. There's nothing. 
Um, so that's that's my one. That's my main issue with with the system we play. Um, it also doesn't offer uh, great movements going forward in the buildup. It's very predictable because one of those two guys has to drop, and if you take the other one away, there's really nowhere else uh, for the the man with the ball to to kind of you know spray the ball around. That's that's number one. Secondly, you brought up Fabian Ruiz, who who's a great for me. He's a really really good player, mm-hmm. but in our system, he's completely wasted. He can't play there. Yeah, um, I agree. He, he just can't. It's it's not his role. Uh, he struggles defensively, and he's not a playmaker. He's just not. He's somebody who can, you know, needs to play closer closer to goal. Yeah. Um, you know, take his shots when he can, and open the ball. You know, open up the play, but closer to goal. He's not. A, he's not a. He's not a. You know, he's not a Pirlo type player. He's not a Jorginho. Yeah, even Matic. I talked about this a little bit in uh, my season preview, where because we were getting indications in in our friendly matches before the season that we were going to play the four two three one, and the the concern that I raised was that we had too many players, too many midfielders, and and not enough positions to play them in the four two three one. You you basically have to play one holding midfielder, so you, you have at the time Demme and Rebolta. Demib is more like an alignment player now where he has the ability to play both. Um, and then we sent Bakayoko as well. So you have to pick one out of those three guys and probably one of uh, Fabian and Zielinski to play in the other spot. And then I suggested that maybe one of those guys could play in the 10 spot, which ultimately happened, I think, more so because of the injuries. Again, Osman gets sure. hurt. Yeah, Shiro, Shiro gets hurt. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and then he gets hurt too. So Zielinski ends up playing there. And I actually think... Fabian would be well suited for the 10 spot uh, because he has less of a defensive responsibility there and he can shoot from the top of the box in the center of the pitch there. We've seen that against Inter, you know, he hit the post uh, sure. in one of my recent games. Um, I think it was the uh, Udinese game. It was Udinese game, yeah. Um, but the problem is Zielinski's played so well there that he's been forced to play in a deeper role. And right. He's not as good at the back. And, and when he has to come that deep to get the ball – he doesn't have the pace to get forward quickly enough to support the attack. So he's no. kind of become the odd man out. And I'm I'm more and more convinced that we're going to see him sold yeah. uh, in the summer. He, but, I mean, he's, a, he's a very technical player, um, yeah. but he's not, he's not a speed player and he's not a creative player. Um, you, you just, you put, like I said, you're putting him in a position of uh, um, where he can't succeed. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're setting him up to fail. Yeah. And and, the, and I agree that uh, you know the problem is we seem to be trying to to do employ the same tactics that work for under different systems. So it, really, the whole point of using the four two three one with Osimen was to start playing the long ball. Oh my, we don't see any ever. And um, and instead, we're still trying to play the ball out of the back, but with as you mentioned, only two midfielders there and, and two guys that are usually not as as quick with their feet. So we're setting ourselves up there. Um, and, and what's interesting as well is that, you know, I looked at, you talked about getting forward and I was, someone posted uh, the heat maps um, or the average position yeah, yeah. on where players are. And Patania was one of our, our deeper attacking players on average. Cause he had to keep coming deep. Back, just, yeah, to drop just to get a touch. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, again, though, I think we do need to give uh, as much as we hate to do it as, as Napoli fans. I think 
we do need to give Juventus a little bit of credit. I, I thought uh, I was very surprised. First of all, I was surprised that Juan Cuadrado was even in the lineup. Um, very strange. Just back. <laughs> and then the guy ran for the full the 90 whole game. The whole game. Even in the very on the last goal, he was the one that assisted the play. Yeah. You know, charging forward on the counterattack. We have, um, we have, we have Osimhen now with COVID for for three years. It seems like <laughs> <laughs> this guy miraculously comes back and he plays a full ninety nonstop. Probably, he's, yeah. would you would you disagree that he's probably he was probably their best player? I think he was. It maybe yeah. him or, or Wojtek Szczesny, right? Well, I mean, yeah, yes. Um, you know, he made a couple key yeah. yeah, I thought he was definitely one of their better players. Um, my understanding is he did quite a bit of training at home. Yeah, but I, mean, I don't know. But, but I know I, I agree. Want to get into conspiracies with the Juventus, you know, we'll open up a whole other box. But, you <laughs> yeah, know. well, that's okay. That's what we're here for. Um, <laughs> you know, like I said, we we can't get a guy back. You know, it seems like you can get a negative uh, test out of Osimhen, but Cuadrado. Full form, you know, ready yeah. to go. Uh, well, and that's the crazy but, thing is, even if he somehow was training at home or whatever, there's no, there's no training like actual no, gameplay, no. right? Game time, no. you can't emulate that except for playing a game. So I, I couldn't believe it, but I, I think he did have a bit of a, a matchup advantage playing against uh, Insigne and, and Mario well, Rui. Again, that's, another, that's another issue with the system. Yeah, because. When you have when you have a winger like that, that's that's really not even he's not supposed to be playing back there. He's he's really more yeah. of a, a central midfielder, if not even a a, a forward. Yeah. If you've got a guy like that playing right back, he's going to be pushing up. Now in senior, he has to he's basically playing midfield. He's not he's not yeah. a forward. You know, yeah. a lot of the game he was he was doubling up so that we wouldn't be on an island against Quadrado. So now yeah. you got Lorenzo starting at our you know half. Mm-hmm. Trying to make a run. By the time he gets, you know, he's he's done, and then there's no there's no outlet because Petania is too slow, and then you know, here we go, and we're playing, you know, ten passes. Yeah, and, and that's that's intentional though, because we that's how Petania has, has built his team to play. He wants those, uh, he wants his wingers to to defend defend when we don't have the ball and drop into that four four two or the the four five one, depending on uh, how we line up. Yeah. Uh, but you make a good point that. That does affect us in the attack, uh, certainly in the in the counter attack. Um, I mean, we're we're fortunate that I don't know how Insignia and Lozano are, are playing the minutes that they are and and still running the way they are. I, that's um, they're obviously. I take away nothing away from their their their, uh, their, their you know their uh, the way they're playing. They're, they're definitely playing hard, but you know, I was talking to somebody the other day on. on on Twitter, I think, and they were saying, "Well, these guys are playing every three days." Well, everybody, everybody's playing every three days. Yeah, yeah. All the top clubs, they're playing every three days. Uh, Milan has a shorter bench than us, even with the injuries. They don't, they, they don't have anybody. Um, I, I, again, I just don't, I don't see that fire um, all the time. Um, yeah. And I think the system has a lot to do with 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 how we present ourselves on the field. I think it doesn't allow the team to play fast because mm-hmm. the the pieces don't match what what the system calls for. I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, I, I think it does. Uh, I think the Milan is a bit of an exception to the rule, to be honest, though, because they well, they're a million penalties. I, I understand. No, well, no, not even the penalties. <laughs> I feel like they're the only team that has managed to deliver consistent results. Yes. Despite all the losses, I th- we've seen Juve drop points. We've seen, I mean, Inter's pretty close. Um, all right. 
and and we, we can't even say well they're playing in fewer competitions because that no one has played in in Europa League or Champions League since they got eliminated. Right. The, the next round hasn't started yet. Right. Um, but you know we've seen lots of the top teams, certainly all the teams that we're going to be competing with for a, a Champions League spot, drop points. Um, so I, I think that is a thing. But I I definitely agree that. Um, on there seems to be a lack of motivation sometimes. There's some games um, we, we look unstoppable, and then other games it looks like we could play for a thousand minutes and we're still not going to get anywhere near the goal. Listen, I, I'm not going to compare Fiorentina to Juventus. Obviously, that's there's yeah. completely different sides, but you know, if you look back at the game, we're playing quick, we're playing you know, sharp passing, mm-hmm. off the ball, attacking, pressing high. And then yesterday, complete opposite. You know, yep. nowhere to go with the ball, slow build up, defensive shell, nothing going forward, and no willingness until like really the last 10 minutes. This is the only time we really saw some like, you know, yep. uh, some some sense of urgency. I, mean, yep. that, I think that's the, those are the words. Right? There's, sometimes we lack that sense of urgency to, to to either kill a game early when we're up on nothing and not let the other team come back or even start off and... and, and and, and got on the right foot, right? I, I feel yeah. like we're always on the back foot um, trying to catch up to the game. Yeah, and and then another criticism of, uh, well, I mean, just before I get to the next point, sure, Fiorentina is not the same quality as Juventus, but we saw the same motivation against Roma, we saw it against sure. Atalanta, so we know that it's in there. I think that's a frustrating part, Joe. I think it's a, it's a great point. Like if somebody, if you watch the game and every game is the same, you know, it's 1-1, one, 1-0, one, one, and we're... But we've seen that we've seen these guys, we've seen this team being able to put it together. And yeah. again, I understand we're playing every three days, and I understand there's there's physical and mental strength that goes without 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 question. But you know, I think this team lacks consistency. Yep. I think I think that's really the issue. You can't go from from beating Fiorentina six nothing. You know, Atalanta was four uh, one, Roma quattro zero, mm-hmm. and then you, some games were like eleven zombies. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I just it's, it's oh, the Torino game. That was the one. That oh, to, even though we got a draw, that was. No, for me, I mean, oh my god! I mean, you know, people are celebrating the goal. It was a great goal, but ninety minutes of nothing, nothing yeah. against yeah. the bottom side. Yeah, yeah, nothing, nothing, nothing. And yeah. you know, and then you know, people get upset. You, you that you're upset. I'm like, what am I supposed to say over here? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm watching my team. You know, we have. I don't want to say we're Scudetto contenders, but we're definitely top four. You know, yeah. We can't. We can't create against Torino. We look like we're we're the bottom side, and they're the ones contending. It's you know, the Inter yeah. game was a different story. The Inter game, I thought we played well. Which you don't yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but that Europe, so yeah, Torino, the two, the two out of Torino and Spezia game. Spezia, yeah. I mean, we missed a million chances. But you're right. The Torino game is is the one. Yeah. So uh, we talked about Gattuso's tactics. A lot of people were frustrated at how long he waited to make some substitutions uh, in bringing in uh, Mertens and Politano. What did what did you think about that? Uh, listen, with the, with the five subs now this year, you know, mm-hmm. with the COVID situation, and you know they'll probably go back next year to the three. But when you have five subs, why not go with two guys at halftime? Mm-hmm. You still have you still have three. You know, you see that it's not working. You know, Betania's not in the game. It's not his type of game. Uh, you know, I know Mertens is coming off the, the injury, but if he can't give you 45, then he, 45, then he probably shouldn't even be in the, you know, on, in the team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the same goes for Politano. 
you know, you need fresh legs. You need some fresh ideas. You saw Chiro came on. He, he got us, you know, he, he's the one who got the penalty. Um, yeah. Again, I don't, I don't understand this, this hesitancy to make the changes when you have five at your disposal. I, you know, listen, you have three. Most coaches wait until 60, 65th minute, 70th minute to start making changes because you don't want to take that chance. I understand that. Yeah. But it's a one-game championship, right, like we said. You got five subs. Make the substitutions. I, I, I just don't see the downside. Yeah, I have a feeling had that goal been scored in the first half, in the second half, early in the second half, I think he might have uh, because we have seen Gattuso do that when he's behind, especially if it's against a, a lower – obviously, Juve's not a lower team, but in, in games where we've gone behind against lower teams – He's not typically scared to to make those changes at halftime, but I, I agree. In in a one one match uh, tournament where you really have nothing to lose at that point. Yeah, I mean, it's listen. And, the and team didn't on the head when you said that it wasn't it wasn't working. Whatever we were doing wasn't working. So that yeah. should have been. Yeah, better. it's not like the team was. You know, we were playing great first half. Okay, we you know. Yeah. yeah. Created, no, uh, I mean, if you had two eyes, you could see that we were uh, we were struggling. We needed a spark. Um, so even if you want to make one or two right at halftime, um, I think that would have been the way to go. Yeah. All right. The last thing I want to talk about with the game, and then we'll move on. You sure you want to talk about this all day? (laughs) (laughs) No, we got lots of comfort. Don't worry. Um, I think I know where, where you're going to fall on this. Um, but, but what were your thoughts on, on Insignia's miss? Listen, what do you, I mean, it's, what are you going to do? Uh, you know, Maradona missed penalties. Um, You know, of course, in the moment, you know, am I cursing up a storm? And, you know, <laughs> am I saying things that my kids shouldn't be hearing? Yeah, of course. But, um, you know, when you take a step back and you think, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, you know, it's a miss, a penalty. It's just unlucky. It's just it's one of those things, you know, you hit it hard, you hit it low, and it's just a wrong side of the post. You know, what are you going to yeah. do? What are you going to do? And now, you know, people, you know, Insignia's in a tough spot, man. You know, being from Naples, uh, not only are you playing for – for the club, you're also the team captain. Mm-hmm. Uh, enormous responsibility, like we said at the top, right? I mean, the the, the team is everything for the city. Um, so to have that that that's a lot of that's a lot of pressure in game in and game out. Um, so for people to get on them for missing a penalty and you know tell them to go home and this and that, I think it's a little much. Um, you know, yeah. he stepped up, he took the responsibility like he always does, and it didn't go his way. It didn't go his way. I mean, what can you do? Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, when you take all the penalties, you get down to miss one now and then. You hope. I wish the miss came against Fiorentina when it was yeah, yeah, instead of this game. Of course, but of course. It was one of those. I don't know if you feel this. I don't know if you feel this way with penalties. It was one of those. I kind of knew you were gonna miss it before you took it. I don't know. Was it just me? I had a really weird feeling about this. I was like, man, I, I think he's gonna miss it. <laughs> and then, and then, of course, he and, you know, I, I don't know. I, I to be honest, I, I didn't even think. I was just kind of watching kind of zoned in. I wasn't thinking whether he would miss it or not. A, a lot of people said after that, uh, you know, it was potentially his 100th goal. So maybe that. I saw that too. I saw yeah. Or maybe that, you know, the commentators jinxed them or something by, by mentioning it. I don't know. I, I mean, it didn't look like he, like he stumbled or anything like oh. that. Yeah. Uh, I think, and it, it was pretty close actually too. It's, yeah. One of those, maybe he was trying to be a bit too accurate. Who knows? Um, he, he had the keeper going the wrong way. But I agree with you. I think most people kind of stepped off the ledge after they had a night to sleep on it um, and realized that these things happen. I mean, 
what can you do? It, 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 what's more concerning to me is what we've talked about already is how we played the match as a whole. You you never want to put yourself in a position where you're depending on a penalty kick to tie the game. Sure, right. especially as we know with our luck of even getting penalties. Right, <laughs> exactly. We've been a bit more fortunate. <laughs> so, yeah, we, you know, we got in there. I actually was concerned. I didn't think he was going to go to bar and looked. And look, I, I thought he was going to uh, left. Yeah, he just kind of played on. And, uh, oh, man. I was, uh, yeah, so... It's one of those things, yeah. You can't fault the guy. Okay. You know, he missed. He, you know, he missed. That's it. And and we definitely agree it was the right decision, though, right? I mean, we were all very quick to bring up. Uh, oh yeah, I mean, come on. I mean, we had the same exact uh, situation with uh, Cooley um, yep. against Barcelona. Uh, you yep. know, we can argue the rule, um, but once we see the the rules, you know, that the rules are rule. That's that's a clear. Yeah, yeah I agree. All right, any last thoughts on this game before we move on? No, listen, again, I just uh, – obviously, we, we both – we all wish, you know, we would have gotten the results. Um, a trophy is a trophy. Um, that being said, you know, hopefully we we bounce back and we, we, we use this as a learning experience and become more consistent going forward. You know, so it always sucks and it hurts to, to lose a, in a final, especially against uh, uh, Juventus. But, you know, um, hopefully we use it in a positive way. Yeah, exactly. The one thing that always looms over my head whenever we lose the game is how it can affect the team. Yeah, yeah, especially one like you know, like I said, against the rivals for 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 a cup. So you wonder, especially with a team that's already not mentally super strong. Um, yeah, how it's gonna affect it. Yeah. All right. Let's get to something a bit lighter then. Sure. <laughs> we, can, uh, we can grieve over this game uh, for a while, like you said. Uh, I, I wanna. I mentioned that we're coming up to the midway point of the season after this uh, game. So I want to get your thoughts on, on the first half of the season. It's, it's been another dramatic one, needless to say. I mean, last season we had uh, the mutiny and then the COVID uh, lockdown shutdown uh, was the big drama. We still have COVID. We're still dealing with that. Um, obviously this season, the big drama was the, uh, the appeal. Um sure. We eventually won, and and the whole Victor Osman suspicious shoulder injury. We're we're still waiting for uh, Francesco. Uh, to Francesco's on. basement somewhere. <laughs> hopefully, yeah, hopefully he <laughs> them at some point. I just, I mean, I don't know. It's, exactly. a, it's a very strange story. Very strange. And then he gets his COVID at a, a surprise birthday party uh, in, in Nigeria. Model. I mean, no mask. So there's, it's been a dramatic uh, <laughs> half of the season, needless to say. But what what are your overall thoughts on on how things have gone, where we are on the table, and 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 then you know looking ahead? Well, listen, all things considered, I think um, we're actually if we take a step back, we're actually lucky to be uh, where we are. Let's not forget we also we still have a game in hand, uh, so you know we could potentially be right there uh, for the top spot uh, with a little bit of luck. Uh, you know, the next you know three, four, five, six weeks. Um, you know, I, I think I mentioned earlier, I, I think the issue with this team is consistency. Um, you know, sometimes you got to win ugly. Um, sometimes you got to do things that are not in your character to get a win. Um, mm-hmm. and unfortunately, I don't think we've been able to do that on, on a game in and game out basis. But we're not at our best. It shows and it shows from, from the first minute until the, uh, to the, to the 90th minute. Um, so I think until we find that consistency, um, especially when it comes to our mentality and the way we play and our aggression on the field, um, that's going to continue to be an issue. Because um, I don't think we lack talent. Um, I no. Don't think, no. I don't think yeah. talent is an issue. Um, I think it's a really – it's a combination of a, of a lack of 
uh, mentality and lack of of, uh, of fire. Game in and game out, and it's really strange to even say that with a coach that really is trademark. Uh, yeah, bringing that 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 toughness uh, to, to a squad, and and correct me if I'm wrong, I, I don't think we've seen it. Uh, you know, he turned it around last year after the Ancelotti disaster, uh, and and seemed to have righted the ship. Uh, again, we're getting results, and we're probably better off than we should be given how we played. Uh, but I don't, I don't think this year we've seen we've seen that uh, that aggression that that Gattuso is so famous for even in his coaching days. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you pretty much know within the first five minutes, of you know. If if it's gonna be a win or if it's gonna be a game where maybe we win, but because we we happen to get a late goal or or a, maybe not a penalty because that doesn't happen often. But even even Udinese, right? I mean, yeah. correct me. I don't think we had any business winning that game. No, no, no. Is uh, they were the better team for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. I think we did some good things, but again, it wasn't as bad as Torino. But that's a game that you should win easily and. Sometimes one of the biggest things with this team as well is we seem to play to our opponent's level, right? Sure. Where it, there's, I mean, we've had, I think we've had six games now where we've scored four or more goals. So obviously those were pretty easy wins, but a lot of the time it, it seems like it's going to be a struggle. <laughs> yeah. And people point to, people, I'm sorry to cut you off. People no. point to, um, you know, our goal differential is so great. But yeah, that's skewed by those, like you said, those six games, yeah. Five or six results where you're scoring four plus. Yeah, um, but then, but then again, going back to the same word, consistency—it's not there. Yeah, and and you know, I—I'll admit, I've even I've thought, you know, if Gattuso can't motivate these guys, I don't know if there's anyone that can. Yeah. I, so it it makes me wonder, despite all of that talent, you know, last season the big debate was. Do we keep Ancelotti and completely overhaul the squad at the end of the season, or do we replace Ancelotti and, and bring someone in? I, I think that decision was just based on the timing of the mutiny. I think if if that mutiny happened at the end of the season, we'd probably keep Ancelotti and change and the players, change all the players. But because there was still time to salvage the season, we we looked to a, a caretaker manager in Gattuso, and Gattuso, and he impressed so well that we made him pretty much the permanent coach. Um, but uh, you know, I've I've sometimes questioned, and I don't think it'll happen because of how much money we've spent now on this squad. But at what point is it? Do we have to put it on the players? Right? It, it, will a coaching change even make that much of a difference anymore? Right. Right. Um, yeah, you know, I think the players have to take some responsibility. Um, mm-hmm. Again, like you said, when you bring in a guy where who's who's known for bringing that kind of mentality to a team, uh, and he was he was certainly that as a player. Um, and coming off of the disaster that was the Ancelotti uh, regime, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. um, you know, you would think these guys would come out and, and really have something to show, something to prove that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't on them. Uh, but it's it's very hit and miss. And you said you were spot on. You know, you know, within the first five minutes, what kind of game? There's no, there's never that switch, yeah. um, unless you know, you have that once up. You know, Politano came on the one game and changed it. You know, Chiro came on against Juventus yesterday and then, you know, at least got the penalty. But as far as the momentum or the way we play, it doesn't, there's no in-game adjustments. And it doesn't even seem to be sometimes game-to-game adjustments, mm-hmm. which is worrisome. But, you know, it's easier for an owner to, to, to change the coach 
than to change that's our lives. That's absolutely, absolutely. That's, that's that's I think that's what it comes down to, Joe. Yeah. So we're somehow we're we're still in third place. Um, yeah. <laughs> pretty far. We're nine points back in Milan, but we have uh, a game in hand, which is gonna be a really big one, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, it seems like I think with I'm I'm on on the train of people that don't uh, believe in Milan still even halfway through the season. Yeah, that, yes, uh, I'm, I'm with you on that. Um, I'm, I'm more worried about Inter, but, you know, I think the Scudetto is still within reach, probably unlikely. I think most uh, most Napoli fans would feel that way. Um, top four is definitely within our control. Um, what do you think? Do you think we're going to finish in the top four? So uh, top four has to be the goal. Uh, yeah. Top four has to be the goal. Uh, anything under that, it will be a, a bitter disappointment. Uh, I think we will yeah. be honest, uh, especially with the money that uh, that uh, De La Rentis, uh spent uh, the summer just on Aussie men alone, right? And obviously yeah. he's injured, and Francesco got him locked up in the, the in the basement. But <laughs> <laughs> besides that, um, can we win the Scudetto? Honestly, I don't see why not. You know, you're telling me Milan and Inter can drop points, you know, uh, here and there, and we, we go on a little run. Uh, absolutely, we can. Uh, is it likely? Uh, if, if I had to put a percentage on it, I'd probably go somewhere around twenty-five percent. Um, yeah, yeah. But but top four, Joe, it has to be. Has to be. Yeah. yeah, the teams around us are not as good as us. Um, yeah. You know, you want to say Inter is probably better, okay? Uh, but like you said, even Milan, I have zero faith in. Roma is a disaster. Atalanta is not the same Atalanta. Yeah. Lazio is very up and down. Um, no, no, top four. Yeah, to- I, I agree. I agree 100%. I think um, what's going to be most important for the, the second half of the season is I think we need to win more of those games against those big clubs because, yeah, we did it against Atalanta. We did it against Roma, but I think we, we lost more points to the bigger clubs. I, I mean, we still have to play Juve twice, but, you know, we dropped points to Lazio, to Inter in the same week, which made it a bit of a tougher pill to swallow. We lost to Milan. Um, so we're going to have... Close. We, were not, we were never in that game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that was a weird one because I, I think, again, you have to give Stefano Pioli a lot of credit. But, you know, Milan has... What I've noticed that they do a lot, and, and this might be the most brilliant thing that Pioli does, is that when they get a lead, they sit back quite a bit and, and they look to counter. They're one of the best counter-attacking teams, if not the best counter-attacking teams in the league. Um, and they got us in that game with, with the counter. I mean, you get the uh, Ibrahimovic header, which, you know, to beat Koulibaly and score a header from from that part of the, the box, you yeah. just hit your hat to him. Um, that's a freak, man. That guy's a freak. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, you're right. I mean... Uh, we weren't. We didn't look all that threatening in that match. It was again one of those games where you kind of knew pretty early on that uh, wasn't going to be our best performance. Um, so I want to before we wrap up a couple more things. Uh, I want to get your thoughts on who you would say has been the biggest. Um, I, I think we know the answer. Who's who's been our best player? But I'll, I'll still let you say it, and and also who you think has been our most disappointing player. Um. I don't think anybody can argue that uh, Chucky, uh, Chucky Lozano has been our best player uh, yeah. for many reasons. Uh, especially, I, I'd say there's there's multiple reasons why. Um, coming off of last year, which was a very big disappointment, disappointment. Yeah. Um, you 
know, we paid a huge, huge amount to get him, get him to Napoli, and he didn't do much last year. So there's a lot of doubt uh, coming in, as we all know. And he's proven, you know, he's proven the haters wrong. Yeah. Um, he's the only player that could take players on one on one dynamically every game. He's the mm-hmm. only one who kind of puts that fear of that, you know, having that pace. He scored eight goals in the league, I think 12 total, Joe, correct me, or 10 total? Correct 10 total, total, I believe, yeah. Which is most on the team in all competition. Yeah. Um, he's always a threat. He's now defending. Um, yeah. He's a, yeah, he's, you know, if we're going to give Gattuso a lot of slack, which we have, I think we have to give him credit for for, for the, the, the chooky transformation that we've seen, uh, especially defensively. Um, and, and our most disappointing player, and I don't think this is his fault, and we've talked about this guy already, but I think it has to be Fabian. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, he's playing out of position, uh, granted. But a playing a player of his caliber, uh, who who's a is a star in Spain, right, in the national team. Yeah, yeah. You 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 expect more, and you know he's disappointing. Eighty percent of the games, uh, he might give you that one game where you know he he, he uh, has a couple of nice shots. He might even get a goal. Uh, so you you kind of forgive the rest the rest of the mistakes. Uh, but um, for me, for me, it's. It's him, and I also I also say this. Um, I think Elmas has been mm-hmm. completely disappointing. Uh, we I think we all look for him to take a jump this year, and uh, we just haven't seen it. Yeah, and I think the in terms of Lozano and, and Fabiano, those are those are the exact same two players I would have picked. My thoughts on Elmas is I wonder how much of that is on him and how much of it is on Gattuso because he seems to be kind of. He's become this kind of utility. Yeah, he doesn't have a position. He doesn't have a position. Right. And and for a guy that age, I, you know, I think um, he played really well for, for his country. Um, is it Macedonia? Macedonia, see. Um, and, and it seemed like he was either on the left side or, or in the 10th spot. And Well, he should play where he should play where either uh, Insignia plays or, or where Zelensky plays. Yeah, exactly. Left wing or, or in the 10th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we're using him more often i find he comes on when we're behind so we'll take out a bakayoko like we did yesterday and and hope that he can help in the attack but he he's kind of, you could see he's caught in between yeah 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 all right i think that's that's it unless there's anything else you you wanted to cover no listen forza napoli sempre and yeah. uh let's uh you know hopefully like i said we find some consistency in uh uh and we make a run here. And uh, obviously, I want to thank you for having me on. Hopefully, we could do it again soon. I had a blast. This is uh, this is very therapeutic. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's what this is going to end up becoming. You're going yeah, to you know, be sitting in the chair just to get, to get their emotions out. <laughs> and listen, I, I want to thank you because, like I said at the top, uh, this series kind of evolved out of your request to come on, which was, I think just an innocent, Hey, can I come on? And yeah, yeah, yeah. Next thing, you know, you know, I started thinking about it and the wheel started turning in my head and, and now it's uh, I think it's going to be something pretty cool. So, so thank you so much for coming on. Um, if anyone wants to find you on Twitter, it's at uh, Solazzo underscore one, three, one, zero, 1310. Yes. And, you know, definitely, definitely give Gaetano a follow is uh, a lot of fun on, on Twitter and, uh, We'll be back with another episode of the Fortsinopoli Worldwide Series soon. Ciao. Ciao, ciao, guys.
Smartcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.